Hey, kia ora koutou Welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. Got a good one for you today. And I don't have a topic as such, although I have spoken with this gentleman before, and if you want to go back and have a listen. Today I'm joined by Sheehan Jeff McDonald up there in New Brunswick in Kansas. And Kansas in Canada. Sorry, gosh, it's already gotten off to a really bad start. Um, and if you go back and, and check it, one of the things that I got Sheehan McDonald to do was do a little bit of a bio. Quite an impressive pedigree coming from a range of different styles and backgrounds. Um, would you say your style, now your base style is Kuru Chinari? Agreed, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. very much so. Um, I, I think the my previous training or my previous knowledge is more like, uh, it is, I quite have a sense they said, Hanson McCarthy would say it's continuing your martial art education. Mm. It value adds what you already have. It's not like you're getting rid of it. It's just you're putting more tools in your toolbox kind of it. So, and by the way, thank you again for hosting me on your, your great podcast. <laughs> well, no, thanks for doing it, man. Um, you know, it's funny. Uh, I, I didn't know, um, I didn't know uh, Shihan too well. Although he, he his nose, his, his eyes kind of crinkle whenever I call him Shihan. So maybe I should go to Sensei. I don't know. I don't want him getting mad at me. He's a big dude. <laughs> he's he's pretty easy going. He's yeah. he's one of those individuals. I mean, obviously, they're, they're like there's titles and ranking, mm. time and place. Right? No, I was talking about but, you. Uh, me? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he called me lots of other things too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and I do, and I do. Um, but um, yeah. So last time, since the first podcast, um, me and. Uh, Sensei McDonald have had quite a few uh, catch-ups and it's really funny. I think we've both agreed that if I get up to New Brunswick, we're both going to get in a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> I'm not friends with the cops, so, so we're okay. <laughs> not the least of which um, reason is that, you know, you're such a, a deep and abiding love of CrossFit for you CrossFit people. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that a bit later. But, um, so how you been? How's everything going? I mean, look, we're in the midst of a pandemic. We all know this. Let's just touch on it so that we can say that we've touched on it. And let's let's just get on. How's things going up there for you with training and community and family? So, oh, it's, uh, hmm, let me see. Like, everybody's kind of suffered in a bit who's had a martial arts school. It's kind of closed the doors for, you know, God knows when. But um, that affects almost every every small business or private business person. So, it but you kind of roll with the punches and then you got to adapt. So in this case, I'll be starting up some online classes with my students to keep them engaged. Uh, personally, I mean, I'm a frontline worker with during this pandemic. Um, I'm a security officer for their one of the health networks that we have. So I'm working at different locations and I'm right out in the middle of it. So most times when I'm done, I'm just, I don't even want to talk about it when I get home. It's kind of like, uh, I'm in it for X number long, how long my shift is, and then when I get home, uh, I just kind of do something else, put my mind elsewhere, mm-hmm. which is, that's why we have martial arts, to be able to put our mind elsewhere and, and get into it. Um, training's been, for me, um, a little bit harder, uh, you know, working several days straight without a break. Uh, I think I did like nine days straight with, without having a day off, and then, you know, I'd have supposedly have two days off and then I get called in and I don't say no. Mm-hmm. So and then I go into work and I'm like, ah, I get home and you're like, yeah, maybe I'll work here. And I go, hmm. So I'm battling that, that fatigue thing. I'm battling that. Uh, but uh, actually, I'll you know down what? and even if like, 
I'm just going to jump on the um, while we're on this. I'm sorry to interrupt you mid-flow because it was no, amazing. No what you were saying was totally amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that um, when I first, I, I kind of had seen some of uh, Senator McDonald's stuff just through Facebook and posts and stuff that had been shared. And so I kind of got on his Facebook and thought, hey, man, look, I actually am just going to call this guy. He's always so positive and, and like when he gives uh, feedback, it's always really cool. He seems like a good dude and I really liked what he put out there. And I give him a call and I think it's like early morning and the first shot I get of him is this great big dude in uh, body armour. You know, like he's wearing webbing. Webbing, I'm going... Oh my gosh! I've called him. He's like in Iraq or something like that. He's 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 doing a tour. He's a what is this? Is he like a merc? He must be a merc. This guy's a merc. I said so. I it was funny. I tried to get out of, I tried to get out of the conversation, but we ended up becoming friends. So how crazy is that? Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, I remember that. I was on shift. That's right. That's right. You did get me at the hospital. It was. Uh... I was like, hey, oh, jeez. Yeah. <laughs> right in the middle of a shift. Yeah, my, this, I, this, I, think, I think if you're going to call someone, you should always do it at an appropriate time. It's always a wonderful way to build friendships. <laughs> mm. um, now, I want to want to jump straight into a couple of things if we can, uh, Sensei. So I've, I checked some some topics at you yesterday really quickly and sort of in the preamble and I've been talking uh, about it a bit with a couple of people um, <clears throat> but I'm going to come at you straight away so in uh, 2017 Hicks and Gracie of the famous Gracie Jiu Jitsu family, the first family of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu yep. was uh, promoted to Nightstown Red Belt and yep. um, I've actually got it running in the background. I've watched it a few times. It's quite an amazing ceremony. And if you know anything about martial arts, and especially mixed martial arts, um, pride, um, the original kind of all the, the Roman X-Files, everything that kind of happened in terms of MMA, the Gracie families in particular, Hickson was kind of one of the forerunners and I, I think a real trailblazer. I remember watching his yep. stuff back in the 90s, incredible stuff. Anyway, he got promoted to Nightstown and it's a very emotional his brothers are there to do it and and he seems almost as though he's humbled by it but it's almost like he he doesn't really want to receive the grade which I think is a mark of a of, of real humility but also one of the things that he talks about in, in receiving the grade um I got the impression that he was really wanting to unify Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu around the world um, and it got me to thinking about martial arts and what we do in terms of karate and, 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 and all that stuff um, mm-hmm. do you think I mean because after the Second World War the Nippon Budokan and all the rest of that were wanting to unite a place to bring all martial arts together yep. and I know that um, you know there was a Okinawa Nuku Karate Research Society started by um, Miyagi Sensei and all those Kenwa Mabuni and all those guys um, yep. those senior sensei back in the day do you think we could ever bring karate under one banner do you think it's ever possible to bring all these styles so instead of having McDonald Do or Tuari yeah. Do it's there's actually just <laughs> generically karate what are your thoughts um Realistically, uh, I'm not a, a, a negative person, but uh, it's never going to happen. Uh, it, it, there's there's too many political powers at play who want it to do one thing, and then you have a resurgence of of the traditionalists that are are you know starting to realize that there was more to it, kicking and punching, whereas some of them are they're the other I guess say the other camp 
they're alpha athletes. They're, they're less than the 1% of the population uh, in martial art populations or in karate that can do things that the average person cannot do. Those are the ones that want to have an Olympics and Olympic sport, but yet that's not what the tradition was about. Then you have others that are totally against it. The second camp or the other camp, the opposing camp, that tradition has to be followed a certain way. And I think um, it would be it'd be great if it could, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, too many people have been risen or, or, or graded into positions that they're not really qualified to be in. And so they're stuck into that position. So therefore they have blind allegiance to that group or that organization that they have. Even if they want to make change, they can't do it because they are affected by everybody around them. And too much change for some, it's difficult, right? Mm. But mm, <laughs> united and everything just be called karate. Yeah, like the, the tradition instead of many traditions with variations, right? Mm. Um, Jesus. That I've is, got to. I've got to take. A, I've actually got to take the um, other side of this. I'm going to argue the point <laughs> that um, I'm going to argue the point, and because you know, there's I don't know how many, what thirty thousand miles between us. So you know, whatever. Oh yeah, is. like yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Only because you can't catch me. Um, yes. And that you know, like, um, but doesn't karate need to be unified? Does isn't karate? Doesn't karate actually need to be um, brought under one umbrella? Wouldn't it be a healthier thing if like? All things being equal, wouldn't it be better for all of us if we were kind of under one, one governing one or governing body yeah. or one organization? Yeah, and I, and um, I was the president of it. Would, can, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> if Trump, if, if if Mr. Trump can, can become the the president of America, surely I should be the president of world, of of the karate world. This is not, it's not too much, else, is it? <laughs> uh, I, I'd be one of those ones like oh, I have a problem with authority. <laughs> uh, I'm too outspoken. Um, I'm I'm probably one of those people that'd be like, eh, you know what? You, you know what? I'm not eating crow. Maybe when I was younger. No, it's not going to happen. Um, it would be great, but I think the tradition can be many things. It, like it can be it can be a sport. It has that aspect of it. It can be a business or an industry. Um, like I said before, the it's self-defense. It can be um, a form of movement meditation and, and just minimal of those things. And if you kind of put them all into one big circle and make those slices of a pie, you could say that is the tradition. That is karate. Now, one person overseeing that, yeah. that, that would be difficult. Um, because the tradition isn't meant to stagnate. It's not supposed to stay in place. It's supposed to grow and evolve. Um, and, and it's to follow the path of the old masters, but see, you know, but, but don't mm. seek what they saw. Don't, don't copy them. Yeah, but um, I'm, but I'm going to say, chase it. I'm just going to get right ahead and say you're wrong. You're wrong. <laughs> you're wrong on a couple of things. One, I think I would make an amazing president of, of karate. Um, uh, my first, yeah, my, yeah, be yeah, yeah. My, my, my first, we wouldn't even go with the door or karate, it'd just be called Tuari. Um, we just generically <laughs> that's what we call it, brilliant. <laughs> but I mean, the first so, thing I'd but, do is I'd be sending my CAA goons around your house to quite to quite the center down, you know, you've got way, way too much to say, way too much to say. Enough with that, You'd with have that to, free thinking. To squish all the people that were against it. Jeez, um, <laughs> I don't think that would ever happen. I don't think um, you'd have, I don't think there's enough there's enough years in the universe to to squish all those people. 
can you imagine? I, I, I think, like, it's, I know people want to put it in the Olympics. Yay, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I could care less. Mm-hmm. It's not what it's for. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, there's a competition aspect of it, but that's not what the art's all about. It's, it can't be. Yeah, can't but be. I mean, uh, you know, you say that, you say that from the perspective of someone who's competed, who's caught in all sorts of and kickboxing yeah. and point stuff and hapkido and all that sort of stuff. So isn't it kind of an easy position for you to take to say, you know, you having done it into quite a high degree? Well played, yes. <laughs> well played. Um, I have, but then at one point I kind of said uh, enough's enough. I've tested myself, but I want to learn more about my art and what I, like, what I started to to do because you only can compete so much I'm, I mean what you know in my 20s and early 30s I was you know competing all the time mm. now in my mid to late 40s it's like hmm not so much mm. um, the body doesn't heal mm. and, and, and but there's those three phases right the physical the mental or the philosophical and then you have this, the, the, the spiritual right the, yeah. the shuhari those levels yeah. but i i don't think that you can compete like an old person in your in your in your 70s or 80s and uh, you're fooling yourself well, well, actually I mean, you're, I, you're bullshitting yourself this this four this four stages there's the physical <laughs> the mental the spiritual and then you just go mental so <laughs> that's kind of and if you work hard you're going to get here you're going to get where this is now um so guys <laughs> what you need to know is that um I'm looking at uh, Sensor McDonald when I'm asking him all these things. Uh, he can actually see me because we're we're on a visual media, but you guys obviously can't see. And every time I ask <laughs> these contentious questions, a lot of which I don't believe in, it's just fun to watch him squirm. Yep. So <laughs> let's, well. let's get back to it. Okay, so let, let me flip it on you. Let's say that Sheehan Jeff McDonald is promoted to 57th down, the highest grade in the world. <laughs> and you are made... The president, the the uh, Grand Puba of all karate, and Grand Exalted Puba. Yeah, 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 and okay. Like, yeah. Okay. So let's say it, look, all things being equal, and that's happened. Someone's waved a magical wand, and I'm waving oh. my arms like this, and um, <laughs> and boom, we're in the twilight zone. And for some reason, um, you're the you're the president of karate. Quite seriously, what are some of the things that you would do? What would you change? What would you, you know? Time, power, money, communication is not a problem. What would you actually do? How would you go about unifying that? In an ideal world. Oh, in an ideal world. Um, or bringing people together. Bringing people together. That, that would be... <laughs> uh, how do you bring people together that don't want to be brought together? Um, how do you answer that? Oh. I, 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 I honestly don't know. Um, if, if I was, say, people were brought together and I was in control of it, uh, I would have to implement some aspect where um, you both learn the sporting aspect of it and what the actual art sport, the self-defense, and, and, and learn all the, the parts to it. Um, you know, the cultural aspect of it, the tradition. Um, it, it would be, it would be, I'd have to get cloned about 3,000 times in order to, 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 to disseminate some type of, to, to, to make it happen, but I don't now, think now that's there's a happen. thought. I can't even. There's a thought. There's a thought. Three thousand of me. Three thousand of you. <laughs> oh yeah. Your, your poor wife. Yeah, screwed. Oh my god. Oh, no, no, she get a lot of stuff done around the house yes, after that. Yes, true, true. <laughs> but she'd probably have to argue with you to get it done, just like me. Oh no. 
I taught her how to punch. She just started taking us out. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But, you know, it's interesting. You know, when you think about it, I think for me, one of the things that is... Well, just going back to Hicks and Gracie, I mean, you can't yeah. argue with his pedigree and who he was, but, you know, just his thoughts and his general, I don't want to say dissatisfaction, but I get the impression, and I don't know Hicks and Gracie or any member of the Gracie family, I should say. Um, I'm just purely going off my own opinion. Um, that he was dissatisfied with the standardised, well, with the lack of the lack of a consistent standard right across the board. I mean, oh, I absolutely. I don't know the scene in, in Canada, although I've got you know yourself and uh, Chris Hansen, my mate Dave Jackson over on Vancouver Island. You guys are, yep. are my are my beacons when it comes to karate in Vancouver, in, in Canada. What generally is this? I mean, just like everywhere, we've got our cowboys. Um, what yeah. generally is the relationship? In Canada, what, what's what's your observance? I mean, at least in your experience of between the different um, dojo and the different, because I imagine there's some pretty big seminars and tournaments and things that go on in Canada. Yeah, well, well yeah, there's 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 a lot of open-mindedness, but there's still a lot of closed-mindedness where you know club X can't train with anybody from club Y. They're they're not allowed to just based on the the, the crest or who their instructor was or what their affiliation is. Meanwhile. Um, they could be friends, but yet their opposing instructors are like, no, you can't train with them. I, I, I find that still permeates, even though cross training is promoted, mm. not CrossFit, cross training. <laughs> I mean, always, that's the thing. I said to him before, stop slipping in references to CrossFit. It's, I know they're one of your sponsors, man. I know you're a CrossFit guy, but just give it oh a rest. God. Give it a rest. <laughs> I can't. I, I got to get the digs in. I got to get the digs in. Um, no, so it's there's a lot more. I just say there's a lot more open-mindedness. I think the like-minded individuals have a tendency to attract each other. Um, you learn more from more people than you do if you're in a small, isolated group. Um, I really don't pay any attention to the ones that you know. You, you can send out invites to seminars and do all sorts of stuff, and they'll never show. But I still give them the opportunity to attend these things when I, I'm either hosting it or, or participating in it or, you know, bringing in Hanshi McCarthy in or something like that. Um, it's, it's interesting. Um, I'm, I've cross-trained in various arts, so I can go into a, a Taekwondo school and train with them if I wanted to and kind of say, hey, you know, you kind of relate to them. Um, you, even people who train Hapkido, same thing, you kind of relate to them because you've studied the art. Um, karate the same way. Uh, you know, even jujitsu. I mean, you you have different schools that might have different levels of, of ability, but they should be open minded enough to cross train. So I, I don't care if you're BJJ or if I, I'll even you know it doesn't matter to me. I go in and train with them, but when I train with karate people and they go, "Teach you know the, you know that stuff you you know Brazilian jiu jitsu." I said, "No, never met him, never did it." <laughs> I said, "It's I just looked inside our art. Our tradition has that in there. There's a grappling element to it." But, so yeah. um, mm. the, the only way you can unlock that is by cross training in yeah. various areas. So what and you're you saying, totally if, I, if I can, I can paraphrase what you're saying is you 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 have a you have an equal amount of contempt for everyone. Not just particular <laughs> styles. <laughs> so shoot around. Shoot around. You're no, humanitarian, um, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> good, watch me square. Um, yeah. No, I, I think that if you if you 
you want to train and you want to learn something new, you got to get out of your comfort zone. So yeah, go to a different mm. school. Try it. Put your white belt on. Uh, white belt mind is like the the best thing to have for learning. Mm. If you're in a different art, don't go into you know if you're a black belt in taekwondo, don't walk into a BJJ club and say, okay, I'm gonna roll with you and wear your belt. Like unless you're mm. you have ranking in BJJ, don't even do that. You're gonna bullshit yourself. Yeah. And when you do that, you're you're gonna look like an idiot and you're gonna put disservice to the art that you're in, right? Like yeah. in, because you're disrespecting another art. But I know you have a question now, or you're gonna. Yeah, be I'm actually. Yeah, I'm just gonna. Yeah, man, I'm just gonna keep. I'm gonna keep pushing. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like an example. Like I'll give you an example for me of a time when I was totally put out of my um, comfort zone, and and that was um, uh, my brothers are wrestlers. My brothers were wrestlers and growing up yep. Olympic, Olympic wrestlers, and I would sort of have a little bit of a role with them, um, and um, and we'll get tied in the knots. I remember. I go to training with them sometimes, and I just get absolutely one. I get hammered from the conditioning training. Two, oh, I, yeah, just get, I just get hammered um, full stop, and I got totally put out of my comfort zone because, you know, I, for me, I I was at a stage where, you know, everything was punching and kicking, and if I could do jump kicks and put a spinning something in there, then I was happy. Oh yeah. Um, what's an oh, what, What's an instance where you kind of either through training through you doing it yourself or just how you've chosen to be that you've been you've been outside your comfort zone you've been placed outside your comfort zone uh mid-90s learning how to really start the ground game um like 94 like after after ufc going oh my god what was this guy doing and, and learning how to do grappling um started getting involved with some shoot wrestling um my base a uh, little, little bit of Japanese jiu-jitsu. Uh, one of my mentors, uh, Shian Wayne Thibodeau from uh, northern part of New Brunswick, was uh, very fundamental on, on like, you got to do this. And he was, he was one of those renegades that studied outside his art and better his art. Um, but yeah, I, I remember in 96, I had my club that was, uh, you know, traditional, like, Taekwondo, Hapkido, and I taught kickboxing. And I had a guy come in, like I said, he was from trained under the machados he tied me in a goddamn not so fast but i was like what uh i, I was totally out of my element and, and, and it was funny i could spar standing upright i could do hours and hours no problem put me on the ground it was like i was so out of shape and i the conditioning was toast i thought i was gonna puke in the first 10 minutes i was i've never felt that type of uh, anxiety, that pressure, and that fear of like, holy shit, I can't do anything. Mm. I, I'm, I'm almost, pardon for the expression, I was like a turtle on his back. I was, I, I was fucked. Mm. Like there was no way I could defend myself from this mm. stuff, even though I could, you know, punch a one in center lock with my hand and break it, no problem. But I mm. couldn't get that on this person. Yeah. And this person wasn't even a, in a, a black belt. He was like, I think a purple belt, yeah. Pur- blue or purple. I can't remember. But he just tied me in a knot. I had that with um, actually. So my brother-in-law is a judo practitioner, and he's in our bubble because uh, we're in lockdown as we speak. Um, so my in-laws just live, I guess maybe maybe 200 meters from from my back door. So you know, and so I've got our, my tatami I've brought home from the dojo before we went into lockdown, and I get to roll with him. And let me tell you, now he's he's been training for a few years. Um, he's about. Oh, I don't know, maybe 12 years younger than me, maybe, probably more. Um, super fit. He's a he's a he's a good, consistent trainer. Um, fantastic, just general fitness. Take watches what he eats. 
his visible, oh, visible, no. his visible, his visible abdominal muscles, you know, which I really, you know, I hate. Where I, where, you know, where I've, you know, he's got like chocolate, you know, bars of chocolate, whereas where, where his flab should be. Anyway, I don't want to get into it. I'm getting into a bit of hate here, but you know, like I, I get to do a bit of rolling with him and doing a bit of training, and it's, it's interesting because even at a formative level, you know, um, I come away really, really sore. Like I. I, I, you know, have hop through the hot cold treatments. I get a bit of circulation going as I limp away. Yeah. But I think it's it's really important to visit that space. I mean, that's why for me, like that's why I like ukemi as a not ukemi, not just as a practice, but ukemi as a way as a way of viewing things that you can yep. turn. You know, like suit them. You know, the idea of the sacrifice for you know that you sacrifice yep. your position in order to um, for a greater to gain a greater position. And it's that, it's that commitment. I like that as a as a concept. And for me, I know, like I'm rolling with him, and I'm I'm easily. I don't. I can't do it. In, I'm not sure it is in pounds, but like I'm 150 kilos. Um, six four. He's probably, gosh, maybe, maybe 90 kilos. Um, and he's probably about five eight. I'm six four. Um, and man, I tell you, I just my work is cut out for me. You know, just powerful. What he lacks in technique, he just makes up makes up for in just sheer physical strength. He, he's so powerful. Yep. But the thing which is really cool, cool, is that I'm able to sort of go, okay, this is where I am. I going? Am I just trying to muscle it on? Like my size is nullified by his power, you know. But yeah. hopefully, his power is nullified to some degree by my technique, such as it is. You know. Absolutely. Uh, you know? Yeah. And and I think yep. for me, you know, I can certainly relate to feeling completely out of sorts um, <laughs> on my back. I, I was living in Hawaii back when the UFC started and yep. um, I remember watching um, UFC 1 and just going, what is that guy doing? And I, I, I was really lucky that I went to Wally J's, a seminar with Wally J. Ah, uh, small circle theory. Yeah, right small circle jiu-jitsu. And um, yeah. just got, there's, a, there's a, a, um, a saying we have in New Zealand and Australia, I don't know if it it, it, it's going to translate into Canadian language, but I got my beans, you know. I got my ass handed to me. My ass was grass, and he was a lawnmower, you know. Like it was just, you know, it was like, yeah, we yep. start, we're starting again. Um, and I can't say that I'm a great grappler. I'm, I'm, I would consider myself a karate practitioner who has a level on the ground, but I don't think, I don't think it's. I wouldn't ever put myself in a position to like think we're going to compete or anything like that. But I have some knowledge of the ground ground game. Yeah. Um, yeah. But and that's kind of what I try to do. So in terms of now we're talking about how to unify yeah, martial arts. And I was, to be honest, I was kind of taking the shit out of you. I was just having you on, man. I, I don't think it can be done either. And I, don't, I just can't see it being done doing it. But it was funny no. watch, watching you squirm. But I tell you one thing that, that one thing I would like to see happen. It's not the standardization of a of a short done examination because black belt is the the benchmark for people members of the public you know that's the benchmark yeah. i would like to see some consistent maybe not content but certainly skill level i mean one thing i like about brazilian jiu-jitsu and those sort of martial arts is that you know it takes a long time to get your black belt I mean, you get some doors yep. where people are giving them out in a year you know like for me Four or five years, you can be looking at shodan if this training is consistent. That's just my general rule of thumb for me. Some dojo yeah. shorter, some a lot longer. So, what are your thoughts around 
where shortlands should be. What have you seen, and how do we remedy this problem right now? Huh, go, remedy it. go, go, <laughs> go! And your time yeah, begins okay. now. Yeah. Um, the shortland level. Wow. Each each school has their own their own standardization of how they're going to get to, you know, from point A to point B, and. And, and if you standardize it, and I say standardize, there's certain you know techniques, drills you're supposed to hit to, and you're, you're supposed to hit a, a competency at at, at, at that level. Um, what do you do when you have those those learners, like the alpha learner, that they watch it once for visual, boom, and they're and they're physically fit, and then you have the the betas that are kind of the norm of most of our students you know they're not super gifted but they're not terrible either they're putting the hard work in they're going to be decent black belts good showdowns and then you've got well, you know the ones that are geez you know you're doing pretty good you know you're left from your right today like uh how do you how do you you know and they're coming up and they're doing their thing so maybe their their efforts may not look the same as the alphas but yet they're working probably twice as hard just to get a certain mediocre understanding or competency of, of what they're supposed to achieve. So how do you go about, hmm, okay, yep, A, B, and C. You've got alphas, betas, and, and oh, let's just say the, oh, those guys. <laughs> oh, the <laughs> oh, those guys. I hate when you use these 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 esoteric Japanese terms, oh, the, oh, the, the alphas, the betas, and the O, those guys, fantastic. Well, it's, 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 for, it's for learners, right? But yeah. I, I actually, I, I encourage, I, when I see the ones that are working harder and then they achieve something that's easier done by somebody else, it, it, it's like right on. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, as an instructor, I go, okay, they're catching on, they're getting it, so I must be doing my job right. Mm-hmm. Alphas are usually the ones that are going to quit most times because things come too easy to them. Yeah, or you'll totally. have a rare case where they're they're so they want to stay and they just have a gift and they're going to stay in it. Um, those are rare. Those are very rare. Um, where would you? Where would them. where would you just and and I I mean this completely seriously and with complete respect. Where would you kind of put yourself in that? And obviously, you know, for me, you're obviously not oh, those guys. In terms of alpha, beta, where would you kind of see your practice and your journey in terms of where would you put yourself on that scale? Um, I was a visual learner, absolutely. Um, kind of like I'd go to a seminar and then I'd volunteer to be dookie. <laughs> and then, you know, and I'd get ready there. Or somebody's showing a technique fairly fast and I'd go, hmm. Uh, sensei or whatever it was, but show that one more time, mm-hmm. and I'd have it pretty much down. Maybe some, maybe some small details that I missed, but I'd take it up pretty damn fast. And and I, I didn't realize that till, oh geez, you know, after 20 years of doing stuff mm-hmm. and the going, holy shit, I can catch onto this stuff pretty mm-hmm. fast. Um, I was a visual learner. I was, I was alpha, and now I mean. You wouldn't know it. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little older. Um, I don't consider myself as one of those alpha athletes anymore, mm. but I still consider myself one of those alpha learners where I can pick things up very, very quickly um, and, and and be able to not just take it in, but be able to teach it. Um, mm. And that's been that's been refined over the years. Yeah, I, I, I saw um, something on a movie or one of these American TV shows. It was something along, some medical show, and they're talking about how you learn a specific procedure, and it was uh, see one, do one, teach one. And yeah. you know, for me, I suppose I would, I guess, I would put myself in being alpha, not in not in yeah. the sense that it's not about the domination of other people, but it was that no, no, I no, would, no. I would, I was kind of like you in that I would see something. 
but my gift wasn't being natural. My gift was that I would practice. I would practice yeah. and practice oh, and practice. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and, you know, like that, in constant, like the constant dedication to it, you train, you know, if you had the opportunity to train five days a week, I was there six, mm. you know, like, mm. um, you know, I had a, 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 an abnormal focus on doing martial arts at a, at a younger age because I was so fascinated by it where some people like, oh, you know, I did it once, twice a week. I did that kind of yeah, putter. They made yeah, it almost like they, yeah. whatever. Um, and you know who they are. Those are the ones who may have been, I got the black belt. Where are they now? Yeah. Where are they now? When did you know this was going to be, when did you know this was going to be your path? Uh, high school. Like, I mean, I love martial arts, but I didn't think I could do, I was like, oh, I could run a club. Could I? I don't know. Jeez. Mm. Um, I didn't really think so. It's until I was probably, you get a little bit more confident in who you are, trying to find out what your belief system is. Is, a, is a, Just as a, a kid, you know, in high school, you're 17, 18, you're thinking, geez, you know, can I do this? So I went about it. Uh, I said, you know what? I didn't know what type of club to open. Obviously, it'd be Taekwondo at the time. Um, so I started competing in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, taekwondo, karate, didn't matter what tournament, and, and, like it didn't matter what style, whatever. I was entering everything mm-hmm. just to challenge myself. And then I'll say, okay, yeah, I've got a bunch of these things under here. Now, if I was a known winning competitor, people were like, oh yeah, he'll come to, they'll come to my club. Yeah. Little did I know that's not what it was about. I mean, that might have drawn in some students, but um, yeah, being I, a, mm, one of the, I see you, brother. So, it, no, no, no. It's one of those. Uh, rare instances that as I realized I could run a club or start a martial arts school that there was more to it um the business side to it was just terrible first starting but you know you open up a club you're a young guy you get people coming through the doors and people throw money on your desk and you're going oh boy and then you realize shit I forgot to pay this month's dues right. or oh my god I don't have rent money or yeah. whatever it is because you just you're like you're not tracking because you're more concerned about the training I see the thing is, exactly. is is for me I kind of went a different route to get there and that I was so obsessed with my own training I never thought about selling a dojo uh, and I, I, as I kind of progressed, I started being yeah. one of those people that would turn up at a dojo and I'd train for however long I was there because uh, I move <laughs> around a lot. And um, yeah. like, there's, there's a number of times when senior sensei um, would say, oh, look, um, this such and such a person is going for shodan or nidan. And I was always really privileged is can you prep them for that? And it would be technical aspects and, and etiquette and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But it yep. was interesting. I never wanted to, I never kind of thought, man, I should have my own students. I mean, for me, my I don't know what my what my bar of success was or my bar of going, you know, the, where the bar was in terms of going, this is going to be me for the rest of my life. I think that yeah. I, I was quite, and I think it is also as young men, you know, as young men, I want to be. I was very um, insecure, very oh, kind of caught up on myself. Um, and so the thing that I did became the thing that I was. And I didn't think, I didn't know if I had value outside of it. So I committed to it because it felt good doing it. I just, for some reason, it kind of spoke to me. And I didn't feel, yeah. I didn't, you know, I felt like it was the thing that I just felt really good doing. And I just keep doing it. I don't, I don't think it was ever a thought of, Man, I'm gonna make a million dollars. You know, like oh was, my god. You know, like, and and, and, and there are people who do, and, and I'm not, I'm not, yeah. I'm not kind of crapping on them for that. But all I'm saying is, is that I think just for me, you, the goalposts kind of shift. You know, your goals shift. 
especially as you become like a father, especially as you yeah. get to a certain age. I mean, I was thinking the other day, you know, like there were certain techniques that I used to do 10, 15, 25 years ago that I just don't do anymore. You know, I just, Same in terms of specific practice, like for me, yeah. I, I, now I had a nice repertoire of what I thought were very pretty looking kicks as one of my sensei says, your kicks are so pretty. You know, any any minute that way. Um, you know, but this—it's funny. It's it's um, my sparring style and the way that I spar has completely changed. Um, yep. So you let go of certain <laughs> things, you know, like and where it used to be like a spinning hook kick, now it's a um, kengiri or maigiri. But a good yep. kengiri, a good kengiri or a good good maigiri. Um, yep. So what gives an example? Just on well, since we're on it, what's a technique? How has your fighting style changed? Say, let's oh, say over the last maybe ten years. Um, or up to you, up to you. Time frames, up to you. Oh no, 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 no. Uh, time frame. Um, I think when I was competing a lot, uh, a lot of the tournaments didn't have leg kicking, and then I started falling into started doing a lot of kickboxing. Um, then the were like leg kick, and then that changed my way of fighting a whole different way. Um, range, tactics, what kicks you're going to do offensively, what you're going to do defensively, point fighting, full contact, big difference, big difference, how your game set is. Um, and then what I grew up in the point, well, like in the time competing, when point fighting was, I, I don't give a shit what it was that it was full contact with the body and, the, mm. and your head had to go clonk, like it, it had mm. to get cracked. Uh, it wasn't this game of light tag that they have now that in, in, the, in their training, it complements that type of fighting. Very light, very fast, game of tag. No, no, not, not the function, right? It was just specific to that area. So for me, fighting full contact really changed how I moved, how I hit, how to develop power, speed. Um, you know, I love spinning kicks, still love spinning kicks, still can throw the spinning kicks. I remember kick. that. But I remember that when I come up there. I'm, I'm going to be ducking. I'll just be ducking. <laughs> uh, love axe kicks. Love axe kicks. It seemed to be the, the kick that I drilled everybody with. Um, you did, my left foot usually hit somebody in the face. Like it was one mm. of those. Or, or another thing that I developed um, over time was my axe kick would almost come out like a, a tie kick, like a tee. Bang! It would come out almost pawing out. Mm. Um, go heel first instead of yep. ball of foot and then paw it out and it, it, so it would almost look like you're going straight with a Maigeti but then it would snap up and come down and that takes a bit of movement on the old hip flexors and, and stuff like that and it's taking its toll I don't mm. throw that kick too much anymore mm. <laughs> um, I used to do a lot of breaks a lot mm. of breaking techniques and one of my favorite was doing a 360 spinning kick I wow. don't even dare wow. try that now because wow. if I land on the ground I will I, I'm, I'm so conscious of going, shit, I land wrong, shit's going to break. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, you know, like for me, it's funny, I was thinking about the other day, like for me, uh, you know, I was on the, on the back of um, what, you, you know, a flatbed on, on a truck and I went to jump down and I didn't jump down, I kind of gingerly <laughs> sat down and then dangled my feet off the edge and looked over and make sure my ankles wouldn't roll when I hopped off. Oh you know, my back, God. Back in the day, I would have jumped off, done a somersault, you know, done a break for, I would have found some way to, you know, but now I'm like, I don't want to break my ankles, like, my knees, my hips, my back. Several years ago, I'll give you an example of that, as back in the, in the late 90s, I, I did some stunt work for a bit. 
and you know very training was great you know we were doing a lot of falls and a lot of tumbles and stuff like this and then years later here i am now as a parent and you know married and house and all of it and i had to crawl up on top of the house on the roof during a, a snowstorm because our satellite dish at the time was covered so i crawl up there and the snow is probably waist deep up on the roof Oh yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's super cold. So um, I'm up there and I clean it all off. So the reception come in and and then I go and all of it. It wasn't a very big jump. It was probably about seven feet from the roof, the edge of the roof, to my duck, my my dock, my deck, just right there. And I'm looking at it, going, hmm, hmm. I'm just looking at it. I'm even dangling down. I'm going, hmm, because I jumped up on on the railing and just jumped up on the house, no problem. And I looked at it. My wife comes out. She's, what the hell's wrong with you? You can just jump on it. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, I, was, I, I, I went, I went, get the ladder, please. Can you go get the ladder? So I ended up taking the ladder down. And it, it, it wasn't, were we scared or were we fearless yeah. when we were older or younger? But I was like, Jesus, oh, you know, what are the chances of me jumping? And I'm going to land in snow. Yeah. It's, it's pretty squishy, but what yeah. if I miss and roll my ankle or bust something over something stupid? Totally. And I'll go, ha ha. Totally. I had, I had a, I had a, um, an incident like that I, I, at a um, trampoline park. Now, as a younger, oh my God, I don't think God as, even do it. as a younger man, I was quite as a young as a young kid. I was quite a trampoline. I did used to do synchro trampolining and things like that. I know it's hard oh, to wow. imagine. I look more like a trampoline than I do a trampoliner. Um, <laughs> but, um, anyway, but, but um, took took one of the kids to um, the trampoline park, and you know, I kind of it was cool. My and my knees were holding up, and did a couple of cool tricks, a couple of back somersaults, and this and that, and it was kind of cool. You know, I come to get in the foam pit, and oh. and and what do I do? I don't check and see how deep it is. And um, no. I jumped out, did kind of try to do a flat fall. I did a somersault, did a flat fall. My le- my legs went in and folded behind me, oh, and Jesus. I tore something in my left leg. It was, and I, I, you know, like you know when you see on movies those horror screams, where, you know, where you see the really high pitched <laughs> screaming. Yeah, well, I was yeah. I was screaming high. It wasn't a, it wasn't a, ah, oh, it wasn't a, ah, oh, shit. It was like, ah, ah, it was like, and, and um, it was it was so painful, and oh my God. and it was just like, it was like, but it was my fault. It was my fault. I should have thought it out. I should. I was just trying to show off for the kids, well, and you know, and. Like- but you know, look, man, that's that's it. You know, like we're at an age now, and it took it would have taken a year for that to heal to to a degree to where I could do shikudachi again to the same crap wow. standard. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, what really put it in perspective for me was I, I was at a big martial arts convention uh, in in Ottawa. I was actually got no Quebec hall in Ontario. There was a big big thing called Royal Kabuto Federation. They had a big capital conquest. Big, I think this was in. 98 uh, yeah 98 or 97 were regardless. you in KU at was the it? time no I wasn't I was I was an independent I was on my own and just kind of I had an affiliation with a, a Korean organization but it was I kind of was doing my own thing and I had a couple of schools underneath me and I, I was t- attending this thing and they have various seminars going on at the same time like one 45 minute or 50 minute blocks and they have uh, you know there was about 1500 martial artists in this huge conference here, right? So different seminars all day. And in between seminars, they have like a 10 minute break and you can go to a different floor for the different master and stuff like that. Well, there was a young kid, he, he I think he was uh, a, a freestyle karate type guy, but he was very athletic, probably a gymnast. 
um, was doing some really cool wushu type kicks and like the, almost like a helicopter type stuff. And we're in this huge auditorium, this huge convention center type thing. And the kick goes, and then we hear, well, the best way to describe it, he lands wrong. And in the sound of, of you take a, a like a, a femur bone from a like and, and snap it. Like, oh like the God. sound was, un, it, it was this, like a, oh a, 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 a sound of, oh yeah, even now I cringe, but the sound of the breaking was horrendous. And in, in the whole conference area just went silent and everybody just turned and looked. And this kid had an extra bend in his leg oh. and it was, he was on the ground. So picture his feet, femur didn't break. Mm. It was his tippy and his tibia, his shin was pointing. So his knee. Picture your leg bend at a 90 degree angle, yeah. then your mid shin pointing out straight and your foot pointing straight up. <laughs> I'm nah, telling you, like nah. you can be looking like you're going to puke. It that, was disgusting. It and is, I went, Yeah, that's a nightmare. And, and you see, even even guys that are doing, uh, well, look at Anderson Silva. He got his legs snapped oh. and, and, and one of the. That it was, was terrifying. That was terrifying oh. when that happened. That you was see, just like, horrendous. Just dangling a little yeah. bit of flesh and me. Oh, like even now, I can't watch that stuff. No, I can't, I can't watch, watch it. it. I, I can't watch it. I, mean, I, I squirm. Yeah. I mean, well, is it, is it the f- it's just one of those things where, you know, you see that with Anderson Silver and those ones that go around those um, Muay Thai fighters that just clashing shins and, and that one where the guy's foot wraps around the sh- It's just, it's horrendous. The thing which is horrendous is because you could actually see it happen. I mean, I remember um, I was sparring <laughs> with my cousin who's a Taekwondo, he's a WTF um, black belt. Good guy, same size yep. as me, but good, strong, you know. And we, me and him would always battle. Me and him would always go. Because we were like around the same age. We were kind of like, you know, and so it was like, we're, we're two guys in our 40s who just want to show, who, who want to show each other, we still got it. We still got it. We still got the moxie, kid. And um, so we get out there and we start fighting each other. Anyway, straight out, straight out, I go to do a maigiri, I do a front kick, and he blocks it on the shin with his elbow. <gasps> Now he's got oh. he's got shins, you know, you know, like, and and it was just like I literally felt the blood um, drain from my face. It was just one of those things. Like, going, if I faint, at least I'm gonna faint forward, <laughs> you know. Like it was, but we continued to fight. But that whole fight, I was just want, just hold, trying to hold down the bile, you know. What I mean, I was just try, trying to vomit. It was horrendous. I mean, but when you see those injuries, you're going, yeah, man, that could totally be me. So, just had a question: did, did your wife get the get the ladder, or did you man it up? And jump off the roof. Uh, no, no, she got the ladder. I'm absolutely. I'm not. Disappointed. I'm, I'm not afraid to say Dis- that. Disappointed, man. <laughs> disappointed. I was wanting. I was wanting an injury, or at least how you dropped and you rolled ninja-like across the deck. Oh no. Well, I tell you what she did do to me. Um, I was doing a. <laughs> there was a sports fest type thing that was being held, and I had a booth up, and you know, displayed, and and uh, we do little self-defense demonstration every half hour, like a five-minute one. And I had a couple mats out, and Danielle is is a very quick learner. Um, and I just showed her just an inside hip throw, just very, very, you know, very simple. Like, but I I, I didn't realize how, how good her core was. She she's a Pilates instructor at, at the time. She was really training hard, and all of a sudden she launches me, like because she you know comes to grab and you know defend, and then she throws me so fast that I barely have a chance to get my brake fall. But my foot, my right foot, just two toes missed the corner of the mat and they popped out. They dislocated. Oh. 
and they just started it looked like someone was blowing like a balloon blowing up the two toes oh. and they, they turned black and blue and i had to i popped them back into place and i had to tape them for the rest of the day but i, I it took me six months before i remember and I, it, that was painful mm. that was the most painful thing that i've ever had next to stepping my toes around here but i'm, I'm telling you it was disgusting i went <laughs> you know, the only thing that's more disgusting than that is when it happens to a student and you've got to keep it together. So I had a, oh. I had a student of mine, a black belt, and his name was Mike. And just to give you a little bit of background, Mike, super flexible, super fit, abs, bastard. Um, you know, <laughs> but lovely young man. And he, him and his brother trained with me. Um, just on a side note, we used to call him the Nutcracker. Because he would never chamber, <laughs> he would never chamber. Would be sparring. He would never chamber his front kick. He would just swing it up, and I think he was trying to. I think he felt if he kicked through, he kicked. He went through the balls. That at some point he would hit the midsection. So we called him Nutcracker. Anyway, so we decided to train one night. We decided to train outside, and um, yeah, he, we were doing something. I can't remember what it was, but he just totally dislocated his toe, and I was like, and I'm going. Ugh. Uh, on the inside, but I'm going, hey man, it's okay, it's okay, because I've, I've had first aid training, you know, like a field medic and blah, 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 um, done some stuff, so I, I knew how to do it, but I'm, I'm literally going, uh, okay, okay, Mike, um, just to thin it, and, and I just pulled it, pulled it back into, pulled it back in place, but honestly, I, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go, Sensei's going to the bathroom to throw up his lunch. But I just said, gotta go take, uh, gotta take a quick uh, bathroom break. Uh, Mike, get this, get some ice on that. And I went to the bathroom, and I just, I just created a rainbow yawn. <laughs> I was hungry. <hoping. laughs> <laughs> the old technicolor yawn. Those type of, it's, it's funny, if injuries to us, we're like, yeah, we keep going, unless it's like really brutal, mm. like, you know, if you're spiring, you don't notice it till later. You see it on somebody else, you go, oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Or you go, oh. Yeah. But I, I, I encourage my students to try to bounce back from, you know, say, just mm. finish that 10 seconds. You can finish off the 10 seconds. Come on, you can do it. You give me another kick. You got one more. You can, you can do this. You know, and mm. even if it's horrible, I'm like, ah, you did. You persevered. Okay, kid, let's get you in. Let's, let's stop that nosebleed. Yeah. yeah. They, can <laughs> or, sew, they can sew that back on. That's gonna go. That's gonna go back on. They could, there's medical science is amazing. They can put that back oh, on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I, actually, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Just on this, what since you've brought it up, there, I had a whole bunch of things we were gonna do about. Um, we were gonna do. About, I was gonna ask you about conditioning, but this is too much fun. So let's just stick with this. Okay. <laughs> let's just stick with this. So let me ask you this. In terms of what are your thoughts around um, protective equipment? Um, like for me, I, like when I'm teaching the jujitsu stuff, we train with when we spar, we use MMA gloves. But for karate, yep. we don't use any protective equipment unless we're unless someone's protecting an injury or something like that. We just yeah. kind of spar without it. What are your thoughts? And I've known and, um, and across across the border in, in, in America, I've seen some crazy amounts of um, protective gear. But likewise, I've seen seen um, you know people who didn't wear any. What are your thoughts? Um. It depends what we're focusing on that night when we're training, if we're sparring on. Like, if, we, if we're sparring with grappling, uh, I'll encourage, we wear the MMA glove. Um, and I'm, I'm like, okay. Uh, so sometimes we do wear the foot and shin because we're cracking pretty hard. Other nights, I'm like, okay, no foot and shin, but you're still at leg kick and you can find out very quickly how guys move. Yeah. Just the gloves, need both carried. Um, some nights are a little more banging and they have the 16 ounce on and the big headgear. 
and like they're they're fighting full contact as much as they say oh you're only going 70 percent i'm like bullshit you're blasting each other the only yeah. thing you're not doing is beating each other with pulp and that's why i'm there to keep an eye on it yeah. um some nights we're not using any gear you get right in there and it's like okay let's get in there it all depends uh what we're trying to focus on um but yeah the mma hand gear is is, is tremendous because you can strike and still yeah. grab but yet you're not bashing your hands in the next week or cracking mm-hmm. an elbow and go oh christ or you know yeah. you're you're doing some stuff but um yeah I, I always try to explain to everybody what's the worst what's the worst injury that you can get i even sent my kids there i said what's the worst injury you could get mm-hmm. oh you could break your arm i said well that's not going to happen in here you're not going to break your arm no one's going to be doing an iron bar you all know how to fall properly you practice with people abs and then I said, what's up? Well, you can break your nose. I said, well, mm. you guys all have headgear on. Yeah. And the kids have like, my kids are brutal. They have, they're they quite vicious. And they, they they go at it and they said, well, we get a bloody nose. I said, but did you die? Mm. <laughs> they go, no. But once they knew what the possible outcomes were for bad worst case scenarios, mm. they weren't afraid in the sparring, the intensity, yeah. just it went 10 times better. Because they, most times when kids cry, mm. unless it's instant, Mm. it's because they're scared not yeah. because they're injured it's a the shock it's a shock thing I mean yeah. I, I think with that yeah. I mean what I'm taking from what you're saying is if I can paraphrase again is that uh, man confronts you here's the enemy uh, an enemy deserves no <laughs> mercy um, mercy is for the weak so that's great you have those values you're bringing you're, you're teaching those children to wear black gears with, with cobras sweep the leg sweep the leg totally. sweep the leg yeah. you drop that elbow sweep the leg. stop your crying yeah. Johnny stop your crying just get into it okay Enough with the enough with the headband, Johnny. Just break that leg. <laughs> Sweep the leg. No, uh, I'm all for it. No, I love the kicks. Um, I'd be like, well, I'd take the warning. I'd certainly take the point that that's next. No, yeah, <laughs> I would have yeah. swept the leg. See, and that's um, why, and that's why this is isn't not a podcast. This is an intervention. Stop it. Just stop it. The people of <laughs> the people of Canada, nay, the people of North America. Saying, uh, uh, Shia McDonald, oh stop, stop the violence. You know, why can't we just get along? No, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think you're, you're absolutely right about um, training with, with, with your hand gear, non hand gear, some nature. You're going hard at times, you're oh, you can't make good tag, and, mm. and you, you gotta, yeah. you gotta wait out some nights. Some nights you go really hard, other nights you're like, okay, let's work on this. I'm not gonna go so hard. Mm. Um, I've I've been cracked more times doing two-person drills like uh, artagomy drills. Mm. They're designed to condition the body and everything mm. else. But I, I've been cracked by what I've, I've been hit so many freaking times because <laughs> yeah. I, either I wasn't paying attention and I slipped, it like you know you know just being lackadaisical and it's mm. like okay I'll, I'll check this no problem no problem I'm cracked I'm like oh mm. Jesus you got me a good one mm. and they're like oh Cynthia I'm sorry and it's like no 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 that was my fault I didn't mm. I wasn't prepared for that you guys did great. So yeah. I, I think I think on that, just on that, I, I think just in terms of that stuff, I've had worse um, worse injuries or worse being cracked by Q grades who have no control rather than, oh, you, know, yeah. you know, like, I mean, to be honest, once you get sort of shore done and sort of start your brown belt through the shore done and up, if you're getting cracked, you're going to stay cracked. Um, you know, and, and I think also too, for me, one of the true treasures of martial arts is when you find that that sparring partner, or you've got that flow on with a group with a good group of people or students, where you know where yeah. you can push each other, but you know where the line is. Um, yeah. You know, you, you kind of you know, and you just push just a hair's breadth past that yep. point, 
um, but you're you able to do it safely, it and you bit. trust yeah. where that's coming from. It's not a kind of and and I, you know, for me, I, I've got an innate um, dislike of bullies. So, <laughs> you know, when you, get, yep. I, I had a sparring group a few years ago, and it was one of those things where we and a really good mate of mine, we had this, we had the sparring group, and we met every Sunday, and we call it the, I think we call it the committee club. Lots of different people. One of us would rove and watch the temperament, and then if we had to interspose ourselves, rotate in. Um, we would yep. just to you know say hey man you know like you can go hard we can go hard too and, and and for me when you find someone who you can have that great exchange with and you can sort of lift ramp the level up um, that's always good I had a friend like that a guy called Dion Burns um, um, Japanese Jiu Jitsu practitioner Shotokan Karate practitioner and Brazilian Jiu Jitsu practitioner great wow. at all of them and, and we used to walk out you know like here we used to walk out we used to do door together we'd walk out from a training and we'd play cracked ribs and bleeding noses but it, but be happy just love it no because we'd build yeah. up with that vocabulary with each other and that understanding that we could do it yeah yeah I had a, a like my, my students a couple of my students are pretty good like that for, for doing the drills I remember in my competition days one of my uh, Budo brothers Debbie Hobona he is before he was originally from Botswana, actually he's back there now, and I didn't realize like he's way up, like he's like a general and some other shit now. Yeah. He was doing engineering at UMB, mm. but he was a hell of a competitor, and we used to train all the time, and, and it was a flip of a quarter who we were going to win. Like we were sparring, mm. people just people in the class would stop and watch us because it was just back and forth, back and forth, mm. back and forth, mm. and 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 you know we both get hit, and we'd be like, oh good, right on, keep going. Yeah, yeah. But you're right, that find find that individual, that 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 training partner that you're just like, nice. Mm. Um, it wouldn't yeah. matter if you got hurt. Yeah, it's one of those things. You're like, oh, geez, you and know, you have that thing where well, you acknowledge. Good. You know, you go, you go, you acknowledge. Man, that was nice. That was nice. When you get the guys who just do that kind of maliciously, that's a pain in the ass. Um, you yeah. know, like, so, so, so. Let me paraphrase what you're saying. So you're saying, find that, <laughs> find that special someone and never let them go. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold Good. on to them twice as hard. No. Good. Um, Jesus, well, like people come and go trading wise, but yeah, yeah, it, it, it's, it's funny. I'm in a position when I'm running my club to be, I can I can pick my students or they, mm. the people come in, they want to try it. And then, and then if it's not for them, they'll find out very quickly it's not for mm. them. Or somebody comes in trying to throw their weight around, I'm like, mm, yeah, it's not going to happen. It's not mm. going to happen. Because you, you, you're, you're protective of your club, but yet you're still open. Mm. You have open door policy. Come That's on awesome. in. So hopefully I attract the right the right open-minded learner yeah. that's willing to try some stuff so that's why i got different different styles coming to train with me yeah. like i have a, 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 a yeah she's six dan goju uh wow. it'll come train with me yeah so he'll and he, he's learning different aspect of his tradition because i'm just looking at a different take on it right like different stuff that helps him but um it doesn't matter to me yeah. I'll, I'll roll kick punch with anybody but it's it's yeah it's yeah. It's, it's, it's a fine level between are, are we going to take right. this or are we yeah. going to turn it up to the point? You never want to lose control of your class no. because someone's going too hard. No. Well, but, just just on that, Sensei, we are literally, we're into two minutes. We've got two minutes left. We are, oh, we're out of time, man. but we do want to come back for a part two at some point. I want to thank you for taking Absolutely. the time. It's been awesome. Now, can we now, I'm gonna, cover half our stuff? I'm going to put some links here. We had so much we wanted to cover, but you just um, decided to start talking about you know your deep desire to be um, Sensei John Kreese from the Karate Kid. So that ruined it for everyone. <laughs> I think we all, I think we all, we all lost. We all lost. Um, yes, but uh, Sensei, really quickly, are you on? T- are you on Instagram? Uh, I can be. Okay. 
Um, I'll put a link in the in the description so you can check out uh, Sheehan Jeff McDonald up there in New Brunswick. Uh, cool. Um, guys, thanks so much for listening. Um, I'm going to grab him back again at some point in the not too distant future, and I'm going to give him more shit. Pardon the language. Yeah. <laughs>